0: Welcome to MikeFarrellSports.com. Well, this is the Mike Farrell Sports Show. I'm not a website, but you get what I'm talking about. This is the Mike Farrell Sports Show on the Believe Network. Um, I like to do my podcasts completely unprepared. I don't know why. I I find it fun. So I'm going to start first a little bit with the transfer portal and. I'm doing a separate podcast on the portal uh, on a weekly basis with Mark Boshanik, who is the guru behind at Feral Portal, uh, our our portal site. It's heating up. And the reason I want to talk about it is because it's heating up. Um, Tyler Steen from Vanderbilt committed to Alabama. That's a big one. They don't take a lot of commitments in the portal unless you're really good, like Elias Ricks, like Jameer Gibbs. Um, Jermaine Burton. So Tyler Steen is a guy that they really like quite a bit. He was a defensive end out of high school, which is funny. He wasn't heavily recruited, ended up at Vanderbilt. Now he's going to be perhaps a Landon Dickerson guy, but he's not a center. He's going to play tackle, Uh, but definitely filling a hole there. Um, An interesting one for me is Marquise Irving from Minnesota going in there. That means to me, that Mo Ibrahim is going to be 100% solid, ready to come back next season um, and will be fine. And he's going to be the guy carrying the laundry. Now he had 700 yards, four touchdowns. He can catch the ball as well. Irving is extremely popular uh, in the portal already. And you would think Illinois, you know, because that's where he went. I mean, that's where he's from. You would think Iowa, because they were a favorite, Purdue. But you know, there's connections to the East Coast. Rutgers and Boston College are both pursuing them heavily. Uh, they both have connections to the Minnesota program. So keep an eye on that one. And then interesting to me was the two UGA offensive linemen, and then I'll get off the portal. Um, Marius Mims, you know, five-star in 2021, a kid that, you know, They tried to push inside at Georgia if they could because he couldn't win the tackle job, and he wanted to be a tackle. Now, I've heard Florida State. uh, He has a tremendous relationship with Coach Atkins. I've heard Miami. uh, Mario Cristobal is targeting him specifically, but I've also heard he's wide open to many, many schools. Uh, I know Louisville's reached out and some others. So keep an eye on Mims. And then Clay Webb, a former five-star center first and only center I've ever known to be a five-star, just didn't pan out. Uh, Someone told me this week, I was talking to them about him, he was just the biggest, toughest kid in his conference in high school and just dominated everybody, a big bully, as they said. Got a little bit of trouble at Georgia uh, and never really cracked the lineup. So both of these guys, you know, Webb's a 2019, so it's been a while, Uh, whereas Mims is a 2021. Both these guys will be of interest to a lot of different schools webb probably less so um you know he doesn't really have the option of alabama maybe auburn uh maybe arkansas obviously sam Pittman has ties to georgia um, or maybe a kentucky or louisville or somebody like that but mims is the guy everyone's going to go after and he's to me you know not a plug and play because he couldn't win the job at georgia but a heck of a prospect who's going to get an opportunity to fill a tackle spot someplace um, if they need tackles. And everybody needs tackles. Florida State certainly needs tackles, and so does Miami. So watch out for those guys there. But again, watch out for my transfer podcast, Portal Pod. I do it every week with Mark Pashanik. It's riveting. It's interesting. What else do I want to talk about? Well, college football isn't really happening, right? Spring football, yeah. And spring football is essentially practices and glorified scrimmages. And, you know, we saw Casey Thompson at Nebraska come out of spring football with the number one job. We've seen guys like Devin Leary, uh, put up big numbers in spring games. We've seen the battle between Hudson card and, and, and Quinn Ewers at Texas. There's a lot of intriguing things going on in spring football. Um, But the draft is my focus right now. I mean, it's April 12th that where I'm taping this. The draft is April 28th, and I hear different things every day. You know, the other day I heard Trevon Walker from Georgia is going to go number one. Today, all I hear is Giants. New York Giants, New York Giants, New York Giants. Now, they picked fifth. Are they going to have to trade up? I don't know. I mean, it could go Jaguars, Evan Neal. Uh, Lions could take Malik Willis. Keep hearing more and more of that. Although I don't think they should, I think two's too high for a quarterback. Uh, and if they don't, they might take Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan kid. Um, you know, then the Texans—they're kind of a wild card. I think somebody's going to try to trade up at three, uh, but they might trade up for a quarterback. Um, you know, and then the Jets and the Giants. And I hear more Giants than Jets when it comes to edge rusher Trayvon Walker. So I think there's going to be a ton of trades inside the top ten. You know, I, I originally said maybe four. Uh, it could be that number, you know, that's a lot too, but you got the jets and the giants, both with two picks in the top 10, you've got Carolina at six, needing a quarterback, but having very little draft capital, they might trade back. Texans might trade back as well. Uh, the Eagles might trade up. The saints might trade up. Um, a lot of teams with two picks that might move up. And then even the lions, I mean, they got two picks in the first round. They might trade down. Uh, and target a quarterback late in the first round and see if they can get a one of these edge rushers that they you know covet and may not be Hutchinson obviously or or Walker but it could be a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau Uh, it could be I don't know Jermaine Johnson Florida State who I hear is moving up as well I hear a lot of him with the Ravens Um, I hear a lot of Sauce Gardner with the Atlanta Falcons but I don't know if he'll be there at eight. Um, I'm hearing so many things, and we're still a couple weeks away from the draft. So that's kind of what's fun is that we're in a situation where we're so far out, but yet every day springs new rumors, and it just gets absolutely nuts. So, so last week I went with, you know, I went with the, the the sleeper, the dark horse in each division. And and I change my mind on this stuff a lot. You know, I mean at one point in in the, you know, Atlantic ACC, I could like NC State, but are they really a dark horse? They had a really good year last year. Um and then I could switch to Boston College, and you know, we all know Clemson's going to be the favorite to win that, but Wake Forest is the reigning champ there. So, you know, I kind of change my mind a lot about that stuff. But there's there's I think one thing that I really don't change my mind about that much, and that's who's going to win each division. Um, You know, I don't think that's too much of a debate. So if you start with the SEC, again, we are a long way, a very, very long way from football season. But you've got to assume with Bryce Young and – you know with Jermaine Burton and he having tremendous chemistry this is what I hear is that Burton's going to be a wide receiver one um, and that he's going to have a similar year to to Jamison Williams if he could stay healthy not the same receiver he's not as fast but a better route runner um, and, and just more accomplished as a pass catcher you know and that defense Willie Anderson Dallas Turner guys like that I mean it's it would be a huge surprise for anybody. I had old Miss as my, my dark horse. Texas AM isn't gonna do it. Um, and we'll talk about a debate coming up too with AM. Dabo versus Jimbo Fisher was you know, on Twitter today and there were a lot of people talking about that. And I'll get to my take on that, but I think that one's pretty obvious who the better coach is. But in the East, you've got Georgia, right? Who's gonna beat them? Nobody. So that's pretty easy. And, and, and the easier it gets, unfortunately, the worse it is for college football. Now, the ACC provides a little bit of drama because Wake is the returning champ in the Atlantic. But we all assume Clemson is going to win it. There's there's a battle going on at Clemson between Kate Klubnick, the freshman, and DJ Wangalele, the, um, you know, disappointing five-star who didn't have a great year last year and, you know, lost like 25 pounds and supposed to be better this spring, but still wasn't looking that great. Um, if Klubnik wins it, DJ is probably going to head back to the West coast and wouldn't surprise me at all. If he ended up with chip Kelly at UCLA, but that's a different story, but you have to assume Clemson with what they've got coming back, especially on defense, they're going to win the Atlantic. Then you go to the coastal. Okay. Pitt won it last year. well, Jordan Addison's back, but Kenny Pickett's gone. Keaton Slovis, can he be as good? Maybe. I don't. I doubt it. Kenny Pickett's moved himself into a first-round discussion. Um, who do you pick? North Carolina was a big disappointment last year. You know, this one's intriguing to me. You know, Miami, Tyler Van Dyke, good running backs, okay offensive line, great tight ends, no wide receivers. That's a problem. Defense, good defensive line. Solid secondary, no linebackers. Uh, But I still think Miami is the team to beat with Cristobal and the Coastal. I think they got a shot of winning that division this year, in his first year. Big 12, you know, last year Oklahoma State won it. And Baylor gave them all they could handle. And Oklahoma was third. But you have to assume Oklahoma, right? But they lost so much. Hill and Gabriel, good quarterback. But are they good enough to win it again? Baylor might be the one with Jerry Bohannon to keep an eye on here. So I guess the big 12 has some intrigue. I'm picking Oklahoma because I'm not dumb. I'm not going against a team that that is traditionally loaded and just had a rough year last year with a quarterback change and some injuries and, you know, some transfers that came in and didn't do what they were expected to do and kind of disappointed. Big 10, Ohio State, obviously in the East, that's easy. The West, I got Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is going to put it together. Braylon Allen, that offensive line, you know, Graham Mertz, you hope bounces back a bit. Minnesota is tough, but they're losing some players. Iowa is tough, but Tyler Goodson is so good. I think they're going to realize how much he helped carry that offense. Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, good. That's an intriguing conference. So I'm going to say Wisconsin right now, but I could change my mind 15 times there. So maybe there is more intrigue than I thought. And then the Pac-12, you know, Oregon's going to win the the North, right? You have to assume. I mean, Washington State's not going to do it. Um, Cal, Oregon State, Washington, Husky, Stanford, no. So Oregon should run away with it there. And they just got Josh Connerly, five-star offensive lineman, who was a lot of people – Thought he might pull a surprise, go to Miami where Cristobal is now, or go to USC. But I talked to some sources today; say he was done to Oregon long ago, and they don't know why he waited. They have no idea why he waited past signing day. But he's another five-star offensive lineman. They are big on defense, big on offense, and they're going to be the team to beat. Utah is going to be the team to beat in the South. USC is going to make things fun. You got Caleb Williams. You got some talent. Got Lincoln Riley, but. Absolutely. Utah. I think Utah has a chance to make the playoff and that's going to be a debate on the website, MikeFerrellSports.com. Uh, you know, who's going to be, the, the, who's going to have the best chance to make the playoff for the first time. Uh, and, and, you know, first time being since it started, which was like, what, seven, eight years, eight years ago. It's not like historic. Um, so you could have a team like Utah um, or you could have a team like Texas or you could have a team like USC. Uh, none of these teams have made the playoff since it's been around, whereas Michigan state and Washington and some weird teams like that have. So, so that'll be intriguing, but I think what I'm, what I'm most fascinated with is going to be who stays and who goes, you know, you see this Texas a and recruiting class. It's number one for everybody. I've got Alabama two, I got Ohio state three, I got Georgia four, I got Penn state a little higher than everybody else. Fifth in 2022, but the problem in, in today's game is that let's say you sign 28 kids or 25 kids. Half of them are going to transfer, maybe more. So these recruiting classes aren't nearly as important. Now, Jimbo is getting all the attention for bringing in the number one class. And we'll get to the Jimbo Dabo uh, sort of discussion right now. But half that class isn't going to stay. And, and that's just the way it is. You look historically over the last few years with the portal. That's how it works. You know, people thought Demus was going to be the greatest wide receiver, you know, at AM in ages, right? You nope, know, didn't pan out going. Don't know where he's going to end up. So you can't really count on these guys moving forward, at least 100%. You can you count on some of them that have tremendous talent, like Walter Nolan. You hope it would end up being a great defensive tackle, end up having a three and out career. Um, but the one thing that a really kind of worries me about is player development. When you look at the draft, Kenyon Green got better, but not great. Isaiah Spiller got worse. Jalen Widemeyer could be out of the draft now. I mean, we're talking about guys that were DeMarvin Leal, top 10 pick heading into the season, might go second round, third round now talking about guys that were highly coveted that just didn't have good seasons and really didn't test well at all. So you have to wonder if AM and could take that number one recruiting class and develop it because eight and four last year, that's no good. Um, I don't care, you know, if you're in the SEC West. I don't care if you had injuries at quarterback. That's not good when you're making $10 million a year as a head coach. So if Jimbo strings together a couple more seasons like that, a fans are used to losing, and that's not a slam, they just haven't won, that's fact, but they're not going to be happy losing with great recruiting classes, you know, someone had okay recruiting classes, um, you know, but I, I, I just think when you look at Texas a and under Jimbo, the recruiting classes have taken a step up. So that means the play on the field has to take a step up and he's under pressure. So Dabo versus Jimbo, these are always interesting to me. I love it. You can just throw it out of left field, Ryan day versus Cristobal. And then people will argue, you know, Oh, Ryan day born on third base, inherited the Ohio state team, you know, urban Meyer set him up for success, put it on a tee. He didn't do anything. He can't coach. And then you got the other people say, Mario Cristobal can't coach. Yeah, he won, you know, the Pac-12 two out of three years, but they blew it down the stretch and they lost to some teams they shouldn't have lost to. And he's not a good game coach. He can only recruit. You just get those type of arguments. And most of them are negative, of course, as you could tell. Um, With Dabo, who is in the news, again, being quoted about NIL and how he doesn't like the professionalism of college sports. And listen, nobody does. You can't Argue against it though. You can't, you cannot say that these kids should not be paid, period, especially when coaches are getting paid so much. And you cannot also say that the portal should be abolished or they should have to sit out a year when coaches can move from school to school year to year. So you cannot like it. Name image likeness is very confusing to me. And I delved into it last year and it's kind of dirty and I don't like it. But I can't argue against it. These kids deserve to get paid. They deserve to make money. We've made millions off of them. NCAA football institutions have made millions off these kids for years and years and years. It's time for them to get something back. Dabo, just quiet. Just lie. Everybody lies. Just lie. NIL is great. I love it. Great opportunity for these kids. They deserve it. They work really hard. Just lie, man. And he still won't lie. And he's stubborn. And that worries me because he's stubborn about the portal as well. You know, my portal's in that locker room. Well, you know what? You had more kids leave than come in from the portal this past year. You're not immune to it. So the rules that you put together, like you can't commit and then take another visit, blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't take transfers and you shouldn't transfer. Kids don't care. They're going to do what they want. And you have to do what you want for your program. So he said he's going to attack the portal based on positional need. No, no, no. You attack the portal based on who the best player is. Uh, Nick Saban attacks the portal, you know, very selectively. But you could argue he needed a speedy wide receiver. He got Jamison Williams and it helped them get to the championship game. He could have lived without him. He had other receivers. He would hope that young guys would step up. They didn't, but you would hope at the beginning of the season they would. Henry Tooto, you know, you get other linebackers. but. He Nick Saban does different than everybody else. He can pick positionally if he wants to, because he's Nick Saban and he wins national championships like every other year. Dabo's won two and he's done great. And he's a better coach than Jimbo Fisher. It's not even close. Jimbo won one, so you got to give him his props and his respect as one of the best coaches currently in college football because he has a national championship. And everybody says, Oh, well, Jameis, you know, Winston won it four and blah blah. Who cares? don't care. You think Dabo would have won without Deshaun Watson? You think Dabo would have won without Trevor Lawrence? It's just the way it is. You recruit him, you coach him, you win a national championship, you deserve it. So it's an interesting debate, but Dabo is the better coach. It's much harder to do what he did at Clemson to win two than it is for Jimbo to do it at Florida state. And Jimbo left Florida state hanging. He just, mailed it in his last year and they still haven't recovered. So he kind of screwed them over. And now he's at a and SEC school, Texas, tremendous recruiting advantage, recruiting like crazy, still not winning. So Jimbo has some warts, even when he has a bad season, Dabo wins 10 games like last year. And it was a bad season, but Dabo is hands down the better coach. And do I have a choice between Ryan day and Mario Cristobal? I do not. I'm not going there. Maybe I'll do one of these coach things a week because it's kind of fun, but no, you're not, you're not, you're not getting me into that debate. So recruiting has been kind of slow a little bit lately. You know, you've had some recent commits, um, 2023 class, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna heat up. I mean AM got a couple guys. Uh Tennessee got Nathan Robinson, an edge kid from Tennessee, a local kid. Miami got Frankie uh, Tinnalawa, it was a you know local kid. A lot of these kids grew up dreaming of playing for those particular schools. Um, Marcus Stokes, quarterback heading to Penn State is a very good one, I think, for them. Um, you know, and 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 we're we're not even at the spring evaluation. So remember last year spring evaluation was the first time, you know, 2020, there was no spring evaluation. There were no official visits during the spring. Last year was the first year we really had a flux of spring official visits. I think we're gonna get a ton of them this year. I think we're gonna get a ton of commitments in the summer, maybe June. We're gonna get a lot during April and May. Uh, Then it's gonna slow down a little bit as we head into August. Then decommitment season starts after the football season uh, ends. So that's the cycle right now, but kind of slow on the recruiting side, you know, nothing really major to report. Um, but I do like the start Notre Dame's off to. I do believe Alabama's probably going to finish first overall in recruiting this year. They haven't done it in like four years. And that's not going to sit well with Saban and it's not going to last. Um, and I think USC is guaranteed to finish with a top five recruiting class. The way Lincoln Riley is sort of being very selective and careful at USC uh, about players he wants, because he could have taken a ton last year. He could take a ton already this year. People are lining up to play for him, but he's not going to play that way. Um, and then real quick before I wrap up, because I to make this quick, so you don't want to sit around for a half hour listening to me. My mock changes weekly, my my NFL draft mock, right? Changes weekly, sometimes daily. Like I said, last year I was here in, I mean, last week I was here in Charles Cross, offensive tackle to the Giants, and he still could go there at five or seven. But now I hear him falling out of the top 10 because there are concerns about his pass blocking ability. I wouldn't take him in the top 10. I would take Iguanu and Neal at offensive line, but I wouldn't take him. Derek Stingley had a great pro day, He's moving back up. He's back into the top ten. Sauce Gardner's probably going to be number one, but I wouldn't be stunned at all if Stingley went one and then Sauce went right after him. But w- once one goes, the other one's going to go pretty quickly. So I think Evan Neal's going to go to the Jaguars, and this is without trades. There's going to be a ton of trades, as I mentioned. But I think Evan Neal's going to go to the Jaguars. I think Hutchinson's going to go to the Lions. I think. Uh, The Texans will take the best available player at that time. And that's Iki Iguanu. Um, And then the jets are very intriguing to me. They're not going to take a defensive lineman. I don't think at four, which is why I think Trevon Walker is going to slide to five to the giants. They're not going to take Kyle Hamilton. They're not going to take another safety in the top four, like they did with Jamal Adams. So what are they going to do? Do they get, you know, Do they go wide receiver at four and take Drake London and give Zach Wilson a a, a big body? Do they go corner and and take Gardner? I've heard he could go as high as four. I think they're going to go corner. I think they're going to go corner, uh, and I think it's going to be Gardner at four. Then I've got Trevon Walker at five, six. (laughs) The Panthers are going to take a quarterback. I really do believe it, and I think they're going to probably take Kenny Pickett which is crazy. I don't think he belongs to be picked there, I, but he could be the first quarterback off the board. Then you're going to see a panic and a scramble of everybody trying to trade up to get Malik Wells. Uh, the giants, if they keep that seventh pick, they're probably going to go best player available. I don't know who that would be. I could see them taking Stingley because he is just that good, but you know, Thibodeau would be tempting, but you don't want to take two rush ends at five at seven. Offensive lineman, Charles Cross, is a little bit of a reach there. Um, I don't know. I the Giants would be interesting to see. They might go <sighs> surprise everybody and, and go like Jordan Davis at seven, or perhaps Garrett Wilson, wide receiver. I think the wide receivers are gonna go a little bit higher than most people think. Um Atlanta, I know they wanted sauce. They'd probably take Stingley. Um, And then you got Seattle at nine and the Jets at 10. Seattle, I mean, they need a quarterback. They'll probably panic, probably take Malik Willis at nine. And then the Jets again, you know, if they took a corner at four, they're going to take a wide receiver at 10. So they're probably going to take Alave or somebody like that who's a great route runner for for Zach Wilson. So, But that changes constantly. This isn't a great draft. And this is why you see so many people sort of trading out of it and so many people signing big free agents. Now that happens every year, but this year seems to be a little bit more interesting in that case because I don't think anybody trusts immediate impact guys in this draft. So we'll see. But I do a draft one. The YouTube channel is Mike Farrell Sports. I do a portal one. I do a college football one. I do this one. I'm just a podcast maniac. Uh, But this is my Mike Farrell Sports show on the Believe uh, Podcast Network. And I appreciate you guys spending some time with me. I don't even know how long it went. So I'm going to stop it and I'll find out. But thanks very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe.